We are on Ksubis Samaches Amabez 68b as we continue on the topic of a nidunya, a dowry, in situations where the father has already passed away and his daughter is now getting married. Uh, and we mentioned in the Mishnah how the daughter, if she is a katana, if she is a girl under the age of 12, so then even after she gets married, uh, if she did not receive the right amount for her dowry, so then she has the right to demand it from the brothers who are now in charge of the estate. They control the estate, and uh, she has the right to demand the dowry. Our Gemara now, for the uh, first part of this class, uh, we'll discuss, is there ever a point in time where the daughter no longer has rights to the dowry? Is it is it for an endless amount of time? Is it uh, that she has rights to it if she gets married much later in life? Um, when, when does, uh, essentially, there's different ways of asking the question, but at what point in time is she viewed as no longer, with regards to the dowry, no longer really connected uh, to the family's estate to require a dowry? Uh, we know that she also does not receive food. In general, she would receive uh, food. Uh, they would be required to... Uh, the brothers would be required to take from the estate to provide food for her until the age of 12 and a half. That's when it ends. What about when it comes to the dowry? Is there an end point? Again, it's important to keep in mind that between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, that those were the ages where it was normal, uh, it was common for girls to get married. So it was assumed. It was assumed that she would be leaving uh, her father's home at, at, by, the end, by the age of 12 and a half and be married, and then her husband would have to support her. So is there ever a point in time uh, where she would not be uh, receiving a dowry anymore? We know from the Mishnah that when she is a girl under the age of 12, she has the right to receive the dowry. But what happens if she is above the age of 12? That will be the big discussion in our Gemara. So says the Gemara, Tana Rabbanan, Habanos ben bagru ajalun nisu, uben nisu bagru, Rebbe says that when it comes to uh, the brothers providing food for her, uh, so then once she turns 12 and a half, or once uh, she gets married and she's above the age of 12, uh, or once she gets married, so then she no longer receives food from the estate, her husband has to provide for her. However, uh, she still would receive the dowry, even if she's above the age of 12 and a half, she still does receive the dowry. Now, that is out of now, as of now, the position of Rebbe. Uh, the Gemara will analyze this position of Rebbe and provide certain limitations uh, to this position of Rebbe. We follow this position that she continues to receive the dowry. However, the opposing position is Rabbi ben Elazar. Rabbi ben Elazar, Omer, Af ibdu parnasasim. No, says Rabbi ben Elazar, just like she loses, once she turns 12 and a half, she no longer can receive food uh, from the estate. Even if she's not married, so too she no longer could receive a dowry. And also, once she gets married, if she's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, once she gets married and she did not ask for it beforehand, uh, so then she lost out on that opportunity. She gets married. Once she's married, it's like she has sort of uh, removed herself from, uh, at least vis-a-vis these laws from the family's estate. And she will not be able to ask for the dowry. As opposed to the Mishnah, the Mishnah says under the age of 12, if she gets married, she can 
even after she's married, uh, demand the dowry uh, because she just didn't know. She was too young. Uh, she was unaware. But once she reaches the age of 12, Rishim ben Elazar says that she lost out on the dowry. What should she do? According to Rishim ben Elazar, Before she gets married, and uh, some of the opinions even say that she has no intention of getting married right now. She wants to, let's say, get married after the age of 12 and a half, but she also wants to receive the dowry. So then she should sort of make this up, pretend like she's getting married, uh, basically make sure that there's somebody out there who could pretend that they plan on getting married, that he, she plans on getting married to him. Um, and then she will receive the dowry before she's married, before she turns 12 and a half, and that's a way for her to receive it. But if she doesn't do that, and either she gets married between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, or she just turns 12 and a half, which again, in the times of the Gemara, that means that's the age where it's normal already for her to have been married, and she's not. So then she loses out on the dowry. She loses out on the dowry. That is the position of Rishim ben Elazar. We do not follow this position. As the Gemara is about to say, Amr of Nachan, Amr Lihuna, we say, We follow the first position of Rebbe, which is that, no, see, she does, in fact, receive, even though she doesn't receive uh, food and sustenance from the estate, but she does receive her dowry, even if she turns, even if she's older than 12 and a half, uh, she continues to receive the dowry. And that is the position that we hold. So now we're, we will analyze this position. They ask from the Mishnah. Rava asks from our Mishnah. How can we say that once she's older than 12, she continues to receive her dowry? Our Mishnah is referring to a case where she's a katana under the age of 12, and then, and seemingly only then, even if she's married, she has the right to demand a dowry. The implication is that if she's older, above the age of 12, and she gets married, then she does not have the right to uh, demand the dowry. So the Gemara answers, Essentially, the answer is, she does receive the dowry, even according to Rabbi, and according to the way the position that we follow, even if she's married above the age of 12, or even if she's 12 and a half and not married, she receives the dowry. Why? or rather when, that's only if she demands it. If she demands to have the dowry, then we'll give it to her. If she doesn't make any demand, it's as if she is foregoing that right. She's foregoing the right. As opposed to the Mishnah's case, which is a katana, a girl under the age of 12. So uh, even if she doesn't say anything, uh, she doesn't know better. We, we don't expect her to know better. And we will give her the dowry even if she makes no demand for it. Even if she doesn't say anything, we will still give it to her. But once she reaches above the age of 12, the only time we will give her the dowry from the from her father's estate is when she asks for it. So the limitation number one is when she has to ask for it. But if she's above the age of twelve, she would have to ask for it. Below the age of twelve, we give it to her even if she doesn't ask for it. And that's the position that we follow. So Gemara says, "How do we know this?" It must be this is true, because otherwise there would be a contradiction within the two statements of Rebbe Ditanya. As statement number one is Rebbe Omer Bas Adonis Rebbe, sorry, Rebbe, statement number one of Rebbe is that above the age of 12, she receives the dowry. Statement number two of Rebbe is that a girl who is um, provided sustenance by the brothers, so then she continues, that's when she receives 
the dowry. But if she's not being supported by the brothers, i.e. she's the age of 12 and a half, because once she turns 12 and a half, she no longer receives um, sustenance. She no longer receives food from the estate. The implication is once she returns 12 and a half, then she does not receive the dowry. So how could this be? Rebbe is the one who says that she does receive the dowry. So the, the answer is, must be, it depends if she asks for it or not. If she asks for it, so then we give it to her. If she doesn't ask for it, we assume that she's forgoing her right, and we don't give it to her. So she has to ask for it. Again, it's, uh, there's a lot going on here, but the basic idea is that if she's below the age of 12, we give we provide her the dowry from the estate, even if she does not ask for it, because we don't expect her to, we don't demand of her to ask for it. She's under the age of 12. If she's above the age of 12, so then she does have to uh, ask for it, and then we will give her the dowry. Okay, a few more lines in this topic. They said in the name of Rava, There's a new opinion here, a new opinion that we haven't seen so far. This new opinion says that if she turns 12 and a half, uh, she does not have to ask for it. If she is between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, also she does not have to ask for it, uh, even if she's married. The only time she has to ask for it, again, the only time she has to ask for it if she's above the age of 12 and a half and she's married, then in order for us to give her the dowry, she has to ask for it. This is a new opinion because Rebbe was of the position that uh, if she's above the age of 12 and a half, she always has to ask for the dowry and then we will give it to her. Or if she's married between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, then she has to demand it. She has to ask for it and then we'll give it to her. According to this new opinion, even if she's above the age of 12 and a half, but she's single, or even if she's married between 12 and 12 and a half, she does not have to ask for it, and we will still give her the dowry. Uh, so the Gemara says, The Gemara asks that Rava didn't, we know that Rava didn't say this. Rava, is, Rava himself is the one who said that if she's above the age of 12 and a half, she always has to ask for it. So what's going on here? So essentially, uh, this will hopefully... Uh, clear things. Uh, the following, the answer is that when Rava said that she does not have to ask for it, that we will still give her the dowry again when she's above the age of twelve and a half. That's referring to a very uh, specific case. It's referring to a case where the brothers continue to support her with food, even though they don't have to. They once uh, she reaches above the age of twelve and a half, they don't have to continue to provide provide for her, but they continue to do so. So from her perspective. The brothers are continuing, continuing to provide for her. Must be that she's viewed as still connected to the estate. So if she doesn't demand the dowry, she's just assuming that she'll receive it. She's receiving nourishment, even though uh, food, even though she doesn't, uh, she's not asking for it, and and it's not required. But she's still receiving it. So the only reason why she's not asking for it is because she assumes that she will get it. So in those cases, we say that even though she doesn't ask for it, we still give her the dowry. They're providing, they're providing her with food. And they don't have to provide her with food, so then certainly they should also provide her with a dowry. But in a normal case, where the brothers no longer provide food, because either she got married above the age of 12, or it's a, she's above the age of 12 and a half. In any of these cases, even though she's single, any of those cases, the brothers no longer have an obligation to support her with food. So then, in those cases, the only time she can receive her dowry, if she's about to get married, the only time she can receive her dowry is if she asks for it. Uh, but... Uh, 
But if she doesn't ask for it, so then we don't give it to her. Unless, again, unless they're already continuing to give her food. And they're going above and beyond giving her food. So then we assume that they will also give her a dowry. And that's why she didn't ask for it. Because she just assumes they're giving me food. Even though I'm not, I, I, it's not required, I'll also receive my dowry. So she doesn't say anything about it. So in the end of the day, in the end of the day, if she's below the age of 12, according to Rebbe, we follow this position of Rebbe, she's below the age of 12, we always give her the dowry even if she doesn't ask for it because she's too young to think about these things. If she's above the age of 12, which is the normal age to get married, between 12 and 12 and a half, uh, so then she has to ask for it, unless the brothers are already uh, providing other things for her, even though they don't have to, uh, like food. So then uh, even if she doesn't ask for it, we assume that the brothers would have to give the dowry as well. She didn't even have to ask for it. The brothers would give it to her as well. Okay, that is the end of that part of the Gemara. Uh, the rest of the Gemara for the rest of this page will focus on a, on a different topic. And it will focus on the different, still Nidunya, still the dowry issues. But what are some of the differences between the father's estate with regards to how the daughter collects when it comes to um, the food that she receives? And how does she collect when it comes to the dowry? And we'll see, are there similarities, are there differences? And we'll discuss three situations, three uh, three potential differences or similarities between uh, these two uh, these two uh, payments that are given to the to the girl. So Amr of Huna Amr Rebbe to the daughter. Rebbe says, Parnasa Suba. When it comes to the Nidunya, when it comes to the dowry, it is not like the rest of the Ksuba, i.e., we'll see what it's not like, but it's not like the rest of the Ksuba. It's not like the food that she receives. There's some difference between the dowry and the food that she receives from the estate. So the Gemara wants to know what is different. My if you're going to tell me that different, the difference is as follows. That when it comes to a dowry, if let's say the brothers uh, sold part of the estate to somebody, so then can they take, uh, can the, the daughter now uh, demand, if they, let's say they, there's no more estate left, they, they, they sold the land, let's say, uh, to somebody else. Could they demand from the, if it was on a lien, could we view it as an lien, and demand that the buyer return it so that the daughter could now have something for her food or for her dowry? We already know. It's already obvious that there's a difference between the two. When it comes to the dowry, we view it as if it's a loan. And just like in, when there's, and whenever there's a loan, in any situation, there's a loan. Uh, so then if the borrower were to sell his land and have no more money left, so we know that the lender could demand from the person who purchased the land, could demand it back. Uh, there's a lien on the, on, on the property and could demand it back. And so, so too here, when it comes to a dowry, a dowry is viewed as a loan, and she could demand uh, the land back. However, we know that there's a difference. When it comes to food, it's not like that. It is not like that, and uh, she cannot demand that uh, the buyer return uh, the land. We know already that there's a difference between the two. There's no point... In Rav Huna, teaching this to us, there'd be no point in teaching. We already know that there's a difference between those two uh, forms of uh, of uh, requirements to give it to the daughter. If 
Maybe the difference is as follows. We reject the difference, number one, not because there isn't a difference. There is a difference, but it's obvious. Suggestion number one was the difference about whether uh, she could then demand that the buyer of the property of the estate return it. And we know that there's a difference between a dowry and food. Suggestion number two is rejected because there is no difference. What was suggestion number two? Suggestion number two was what could you collect from? Is it from land or from movable objects? Uh, because the suggestion was maybe only when it comes to the dowry can, can she collect also from movable objects, but not when it comes to uh, not when it comes to um, the food. That when it comes to food, the food that she deserves, she can only collect from land, like the rest of the ksuba. Uh, to that, this was rejected because we know Rebbe's position is that when it comes to both the food that she deserves and also the dowry, uh, she could collect from either movable objects or from land. It doesn't doesn't make a difference between the two. Um, so that's really not a difference. Um, just to get to for one moment to get back to the original difference about collecting from. Um, from the uh, from the from the per- person who purchased the land, and that from a dowry, uh, we she could demand the land back. But now, when it comes to food, the reason behind that for that difference is because the dowry is a set amount. It's a set amount, uh, so uh, so the person who purchased the land knows what he's getting himself into, because he knows it's a very specific amount. When it comes to food, food is not a specific amount. Uh, it could uh, it could always change, uh, and it's not specific. It's day to day. And so therefore, there wouldn't be a lien on the property if it has to do with food. food. But that's, a, that's really a side point. So now suggestion number three in the Gemara, and this will be the conclusion of the Gemara. Essentially, when do we say that if the father passes away that the brothers from the estate that they receive have to provide a dowry for their sister... That's only if the father didn't say anything to object. If the father explicitly says, I do not want my daughter to have a dowry, so that's his choice. That's his choice. That's really up to him. This is a gift that he's giving to his daughter. We assume uh, that uh, he would want to give this gift. But if he objects, so then there's no requirement. However, if he objects to providing food for his daughter, that we don't listen to him. We don't listen to him for that. That uh, the brothers have to continue to provide uh, their sister with uh, food from the estate. We do not listen to the father if he were to say that I don't want to provide food for my daughter. That we won't listen to. So we gave three different uh, potential suggestions. Uh, in the end, there are two differences between uh, the food that she's given and the dowry. And there is one with the, which is the same, which is that uh, both of them can be collected both from movable objects and from the property, from the land of the of the estate. Okay, this concludes this page. Of Samachas 68, and we'll continue in the next class with uh, Samachdav Samachtas, page 69.